Well, hello, oddballs. It's your host, Bobby. And your co-host, Lexi. And this is Oddities on Elm Street. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us for episode 51. 51! Yes. We, well, firstly, I want to say we're kind of in that season now where... We, one, have to worry about one of us getting sick. Or not just you, but your baby. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we all know that this is when shit starts going around. Mm-hmm. And secondly, snowstorms. Although. So, I mean, there's no snow hello? currently. <laughs> Hopefully it's just brewing up somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's just going to hammer down one of these days. So, well, I just want to, like, clarify that so that if in the upcoming months you notice more solo episodes, you're probably correct in assuming it's either one of those reasons. And also, you're planning a wedding. So, like, you're a busy gal and you work. We don't really make money doing this. (laughs) You still have to have a job. I do. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm getting into my busy season, too. Yeah, yeah. And we record everything at my house, so you have to travel here. So, obviously, if the roads are bad, we don't want to be doing that. If I'm sick or you're sick or baby's sick or not sleeping. Yeah, it happens. Life happens. So, I just want to let everyone know because everybody was very worried about you. What was it? A month or two ago? Me. When it was like one episode me, one episode both of us. And it was like all over the place because people are so used to us. just us Juntos all the time together but, yeah so yeah, yeah that's no shit i mean just life has been a little nuts so mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. me getting engaged and planning a wedding and breaking my foot <laughs> and getting a fucking staff infection and my grandpa dying it just never ends for you I would like a, a break, break, please. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, though, like, even though it's only been a couple weeks since I've seen you, it always feels like it's actually been months. Like, I don't even remember, was my house decorated for Christmas last time you were here? Uh-uh. Because I literally feel like last time you were here, I still had some Halloween decorations. I think maybe just a little bit. Well, you have some in your corner still. <laughs> so, <laughs> those those won't go away anytime soon. <laughs> um... Which, by the way, speaking of decorations, we were working with smart labels. I don't, you weren't here for that episode, but I did a little, a little ditty for them. Ooh, um, ditty do. They made putting decoration, my Halloween decorations away so simple and easy that I will never return to my old way of life. I'll never be the same ever again. Tell me. Well, they, they have like, um, These little labels that you can buy on Amazon. Uh You can just, like, stick one on your bin or tote or whatever you call it. And you can scan it. They have, like, an app. You can scan. There's a QR code on the label. So you can scan it and you can list every single item that's inside the bin. What the fuck? Yes. So then when you store those items away and then go back next year, you can just scan the QR code and you know exactly what's in there. Is that not the most genius invention? Like, I'm surprised it took us this long to come up with something like that. So, I just want to say, I'm really glad that I found out about them because oh, I feel like my, God. my life is, I feel very put together. I need, I need that. Yeah. I absolutely need that. It's just, it's just so easy. So. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, so for our episode today, we're going to do an unsolved, sis- uh, unsolved history. Sea Star, Sea Star, Do you ever watch that show? Oh yes, I did. <gasps> Tia and Tamara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. It. Anyways, unsolved mystery today. I'm very excited about it because I feel like it's been quite a while. Yes. I don't know how long it's been, but it feels like it's been a while. I feel like it's been a while since I really pushed for something. Yeah. Oh yeah. This was. Uh, was a you topic you mm-hmm. picked this one and it was, it's a good one this one is it's just it reminds me of the panama episode of it's just mm-hmm. like 
it is bizarre and just doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't. And there's so many different theories that make sense that it's impossible to come to a solid conclusion. That makes sense, but then also don't. Right. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. So buckle up. Yeah. Um, Before we jump into that, though, I Mm -hmm. do have a couple of patrons to show. (gasps) Hello. So a huge thank you to Brittany for joining the spooky crew. Hello, Brittany. Welcome. (laughs) And also to Marilyn for joining the spookiest crew. Oh my god. Marilyn's actually a fellow Michigander. (gasps) So that's always fun when a a local finds us. Michigan. Yes, so thank you so much, Brittany and Marilyn, for joining our Patreon. We appreciate your support. And if you would like to become a member of our Patreon, you could do so at patreon.com slash oddities on Elm Street. Patreon.com slash oddities on Elm Street. And actually today I was going to ask how you felt about filming a mini. Yeah, fuck for yeah. Our Patreon. I, was, I was planning on it cool. actually. Yeah, so we'll have some content going up there this week. So check us out. All right. I need to take a breath. All right. Let's get into it. All right. So we're going to talk about the very strange disappearance of Bryce Lespiza. Bryce was a Taurus. <laughs> born on April 30th, 1994. He was the only child of parents Karen and Michael Lespiza. He grew up in Springfield, Illinois. He was super artistic, very talented, very outgoing, had a big group of friends. In 2012, he graduated from Naperville Central High School, which I don't know if you've been to Naperville, but Mm-mm. very nice suburb. About an- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, it's a very nice suburb about an hour west of Chicago. Oh. So his parents were able to retire, and in doing so, they decided to move their family down to Laguna Niguel, Mm. I think is how you say it, which is in Orange County, California. Oh, dang. Very nice area as well. Smoky smokes. So Bryce went with them, and then soon after arriving in California, he moved north to the city of Rockland, which is where he attended college Mm -hmm. for his freshman year at a community college named Sierra College. And he was studying graphic and industrial design. And just for reference, because it will matter later, I guess, Rockland was approximately seven hours north of Laguna Niguel, where his parents mm-hmm. just moved to. His first term in college went great. He formed a close friendship with his roommate, Sean, and then met and began dating a fellow student named Kim Sly. During summer break, he traveled back down to Laguna Niguel to spend the summer with his parents, but he had, I mean, he told not only his parents, but like his girlfriend and his friends that he was really eager to go back to school and Mm -hmm. be reunited with them. So everything seemed well, and it appeared as if Bryce was making plans for his future. Smooth sailing. Right. But then, suddenly, things totally shifted. So it's now the end of the summer in 2013. Bryce has traveled back up to Sierra College to mm-hmm. resume his classes. His mother, Karen, describes a phone conversation between the two of them that took place on the day he returned to his classes, which would have been Tuesday, August 27th. From her account, he seemed totally normal, was, you know, excited to be back at school with his friends and his Mm -hmm. girlfriend. Mm -hmm. But a day after this, on the 28th, Bryce's mom, Karen, received a phone call from his roommate, Sean, Mm -hmm. which as a mother, as soon as I see that call come through, my heart is beating out of my chest. Not as a mother, but as a once teenager- Calling your friend's parents? That's huge. That's That means something is very that wrong. Is, that is dire situation. I agree. Right there. Yeah. Red fucking flag. Yeah. At that age, for sure, it's really uncommon for someone to just, like, reach out to one of your parents out of With, concern right, for you. Right. So, I feel like it would have had to have been something massive. Right. 
So over the phone, Sean expresses his worry about Bryce's recent behavior. He doesn't necessarily come out and say this, but he would later talk about how Bryce had been uh, drinking excessively, mm-hmm. um, like hard liquor every day. He said two-fifths in a single weekend. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Also while taking Vivance. Right. And that wasn't very usual behavior for him, mm-hmm. especially considering that his, for one, he's 19, so this is underage drinking. Mm-hmm. But then also, he just spent the summer with his parents, and his parents say they did not want to see him drink. Which so, which is take I mean, with it's, a grain of salt. But I mean, you can't be like super totally plastered right. in front of right. your parents. You're not and gonna then be able to notice. drink two fifths exactly. in a weekend when you're with your parents, right? So to move back up and then change that behavior so quickly overnight yeah. is That's, a little scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like you said, not only is he indulging in, like, crazy amounts of alcohol, but he has begun to take Vyvanse, mm-hmm. which is a medication prescribed to people with ADHD. And binge eating disorder. Yes. And Bryce wasn't known to have been diagnosed with either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he was basically just taking it recreationally. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, the effects of Vyvanse are similar to Adderall. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't struggle with the symptoms that the medication was created to help, then it can actually be harmful. Yeah. I mean, even being prescribed, you have to be careful. Yes. And, and like I've heard, I've actually heard people say that like people that are prescribed Adderall are so lucky because they must be full of energy and they don't ever have to go to sleep. But it's like, no, because if you actually have ADHD, it's just making you more normal, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I take Vyvanse. I am prescribed Vyvanse. Yeah. Let me tell you, I can fucking sleep. <laughs> I love naps. Right. But that's uh, that's what I mean, though. Yeah, is exactly. If you, if you don't struggle with those things and then you're taking it as a stimulant, like, yeah, you're it gonna, makes sense right. that you're going to stay awake all night. Mm-hmm. But it's because you don't struggle with the things that it's created especially for. if you're not like taking us like a specific dose dose every single day right like as prescribed right like taking you it just, every now and then right like yeah. all of a sudden going ham on the weekends exactly and then not having any like yeah that that'll mess with your head right and it's not known exactly like for how long he was taking it mm-hmm um, he did admit to his girlfriend, Kim, that he was taking it to be able to stay awake all night gaming. And then both Kim and Sean reported that they were aware that Bryce was taking Vyvanse at least over the two weeks that he had returned for school. Mm-hmm. So Sean is talking to Bryce's mom, Karen, on the phone and expressing to her that something is very wrong with Bryce. He says that his behavior has totally shifted He's not acting like himself, and he's really worried about him. And actually, just a few hours later, Karen would receive another phone call from Bryce himself. This time, Bryce is at his girlfriend Kim's house. So Kim lives about 90 minutes north of the apartment that Bryce lived at with Sean. Mm -hmm. And he had called his mom because Kim is keeping his keys from him and isn't allowing him to leave her apartment. What we learn later is that on the night of the 27th, so the day that Karen spoke to her son and believed that things were normal, mm-hmm. and also the day before Karen received that phone call from Sean, right. Bryce had sent Kim a text saying, you're better off without me. Very worrisome. Right. And she's like, are you breaking up with me? Yeah. Like, she responds like, um... are you breaking up with me? And he says, yes. Right. Like, oh, okay. Right. And I think at this point they've been together for either over or close to a year. So this isn't just like a- Not some- Random little fling. Yeah. So now it's the 28th. Karen has already received that phone call from Sean. And now she's getting a call from Bryce while he's at Kim's Mm -hmm. apartment. Bryce calls his mom to complain about Kim taking his keys and not allowing him to leave. And he kind of tries to play the situation off as like, oh, she's salty because I broke up with her. And so she doesn't want me to go. Right. But Kim says, no, "No, you shouldn't be driving. 
because of the way you're acting. Right. Like, it is not safe. Right. So, she, like Sean, had seen a huge shift in Bryce Mm -hmm. and was genuinely worried for his safety. Yeah. Because he was just acting so strangely all of a sudden. But Karen gets on the phone with Kim and says, I, when I talk to him, he doesn't seem, I mean, he doesn't sound intoxicated. He should he be sounds fine lucid. To, yeah, he should be fine to drive. Just give him the keys. I'm his mom. Trying to be the mediator, whatever. So, I mean, Kim does just that. She gives like okay the keys to Bryce and lets him drive away. Now, obviously, Bryce's mother, Karen, is concerned. Right. As she should be. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. She's now received accounts from two people close, in Bryce's two life. Very close people. Yeah. Saying that he's just not acting like himself. Mm-hmm. So after Karen's done talking to Kim, she asks to talk to Bryce again and pretty much says, you know what? Like, something's going on. I'm going to get a flight out there to, uh, first thing tomorrow morning because I'm starting to worry about you. Mm hmm. But Bryce convinces her, like, no, mom, don't make any plans until I get the chance to talk to you because I have a lot to talk to you about. So the call between Bryce and his mother, Karen, ends, and Bryce now leaves Kim's apartment around 11.30 p.m. And his mom doesn't make any plans to come out and see him, but instead just insists that They'll talk tomorrow to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. An hour and a half later at 1 a.m., Karen receives another call from Bryce. With with this one, there's nothing like worrisome going on. Um, Karen is assuming, though, that Bryce is calling her from his apartment. But what she doesn't know is that when they ping that call later, it shows that he's an hour south of his apartment and had actually never went home. So the next morning, Karen notices a voicemail from State Farm, which is the company that they have their car insurance through, and State Farm is calling to let them know that roadside assistance was used on their Toyota Highlander, which was the car that they had given Bryce. Mm -hmm. Karen makes a call to Bryce's roommate, Sean. I mean, I'm assuming before that she had probably reached out to Bryce himself and didn't get an answer, so she calls Sean. And Sean confirms that Bryce never made it back to their apartment. Which, hey. <sighs> yeah. That is, that is not good. I know. I, and I, if I'm being honest, that would probably be the point that I would head up there. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, okay. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm fucking, I'm going. Yeah. So, um, Bryce's parents had access to his bank information. I don't know if they had just, like, allowed him to use a credit card that they already had on their account or if he was, like, um, just, like, an authorized user type of situation. I, um, from that documentary that I watched, it was, like, I guess he didn't work, so his parents gave him a weekly allowance that was used, he could use the credit card. That was in their that. name. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Thankfully, they had access to those records that mm-hmm. showed his credit card activity. Huge. Yes. So, they got into that account in the hopes that they could track where Bryce was. Mm-hmm. And when they did, they found that there was a charge from a place called Castro Tire and Truck in a small town called Button Willow, which is about three hours north of Laguna Niguel, which is where his parents are currently living. Right. Um, it's one of those places where there's absolutely nothing there. It's just one of those little towns that you just kind of drive through. Yeah, from what I gathered, and it's just a truck stop, basically. Yeah, That's yeah. That's what it's known for. You stop there, fill up your tank type of thing, and get mm-hmm. back on the highway. So they see this transaction and where this little town is located. And his parents are thinking, okay, good. Like, he's on his way back home to us. Because he's only three hours north of them at this point. Mm-hmm. It's pretty far south from where he attends school right. and lives with his roommate. Like, why so, are you there? Right. So, they're they're just assuming that he's making his way back down to them. Right. But they're still not able to get a hold of him. And at this point, it's around noon. So, his mother, Karen, 
hasn't heard from him in almost 12 hours. And when she last did, it was not, it was concerning. Yeah. And I I can't imagine how worried she would be. Right. So she actually calls the repair shop where the credit card was used Mm -hmm. to try and get some answers from them. There's a guy working there named Christian, and when he answers the phone, he's like, oh yeah, I remember your son. He ran out of gas, so I helped him out, filled up his tank so that he could make it to the gas station, and the parents are explaining to this dude what has happened, and he can tell that they're genuinely worried mm-hmm. about their son. So he actually offers to drive back out to the area where he had helped Bryce to check if he was still there. A couple minutes later, Karen and Michael get a call back from Christian saying, Hey, I found your son. He's still here. He's sitting in the exact same spot that he was when I helped him at 9 o'clock this morning. And it's now 12. Yes. It's, it's, after, it's noon. Right. And then Christian hands Bryce the phone. Karen gets on the phone and asks him, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what, what? what's going on? That would be my first question, too. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> and his response literally was, nothing. <laughs> I mean, he was not lying. Yeah, I guess he, he was, was really doing, doing nothing. nothing. Just extremely strange. But Karen doesn't really push him on it. She doesn't ask any questions like where have you been all night right why how, how'd you how, run out of gas like um, why, why have you been, you been sitting s- in the same spot for hours why haven't you uh answered any of my calls yeah like all the questions that i personally would be asking but not only that but like i'd be dying to know what he needed to talk to me about <laughs> like, yes i didn't even i didn't even think about that but yes yeah so you tell me right now. <laughs> instead, she just says, "You know what? You need to come home. Like you're three hours away. You're three hours away. Just make it home, please. Just get get on the highway. Yeah, yeah, and come down here. Right. So again, all of this is happening around noon, and at this point, he's just three hours away from Laguna Niguel. So they're expecting him to arrive around three o'clock, but three o'clock rolls around, and still no Bryce." At this point, Karen and Michael are really worried. They're blowing up his phone, and they're not getting any response, and it's now 6 p.m. So six hours since the last time they spoke to him, and three hours past the time that he should have already been home. So they now decide to file a missing persons report. And once they file this report, police are actually able to get a hold of his phone company, AT&T, and they're able to help by doing an emergency ping to see... The location of his phone. Thank goodness for that. Right, right. I wish it was like that in every case. I know, which is just, it's like, why? Right, because thankfully, like, I mean, this time is crucial, and if they had to, like, wait to, like, subpoena those records. It can take so long. Yeah, and it's like, you don't have very long when you're a missing person. So, they ping his phone, and guess where they find it? Button Willow. God. So let's let's just go over our timeline real quick so we're all on the same page. So Bryce got gas in Button Willow at 9 a.m. It's now 6 p.m. and he never left Button Willow. Okay, and I feel like even just to get the bigger picture too, like what this started, what was it? Noon? The previous day, when when did he get the call from Kim? The well, when did Kim talk to Karen? Eleven thirty at night. Okay, okay. So midnight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then that's when he left her apartment, which is ninety minutes from ninety his minutes apartment from his apartment. Yep. He never comes home. Nope. He no. never contacts his parents. Yeah, and he, then nine hours later, he's. Only in Button Willow, which is not a nine-hour drive. No. and It's been nine hours at this point. Right. That he's, he's gotten just, gas. He's just, he's just sitting there. Sitting since. in his car doing nothing. Right. It's like so strange. Police actually go out to this area where his phone is pinging. They find Bryce. And he 
He's parked on the side of the road only eight miles away from where he was parked when Christian found him at noon. So now police are obviously aware of the strange behavior. Mm-hmm. And so they actually give him a field sobriety test. Mm-hmm. But Which he passed. He passed with flying colors. They like, searched his car. They found s- nothing. Yes. They weren't at all worried about his behavior. Right. Which is very, it's just so strange. That's what makes it even stranger is that he's acting strange. Like Christian didn't say that he was acting weird by any right. means. Right. But the, the police. But just, just hours before. Kim is saying, I don't want you to leave because you're acting so like, strange. something's up, you're not safe to drive. And yes. then a little before that, Sean, Sean says the same right. thing. So weird. So, um, yeah, Bryce allows them to search his car. They don't find anything, no drugs, alcohol, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing at all. So they ask him, like, what he's doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and he tells police that he's just blowing off some steam. Which, I don't know about you, but if I'm blowing off steam, I'm not Not just sitting. nothing. <laughs> yeah. I am, yeah, like, like rage dancing or... Like, going for a run or yeah, kickboxing yeah, yeah. Right. or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just, very weird. And it's so, not like he's just sitting there on his phone because he's not answering any phone calls or anything. Well, right. Just It's just all very strange. So, police tell Bryce's parents that he seems totally capable of driving, like, all's well. He talks to his mom, Karen, on the phone, and she's telling him he needs to come home because she's worried about him. And that's what the plan was. Mm -hmm. Now, later that evening, Karen receives a call from the angel of a man named Christian. Right. Um, Christian's pretty much just returning a call that he had missed Mm -hmm. from them earlier when they were trying to get a hold of Bryce and couldn't. So Christian's calling them back and the parents, Karen and Michael, are filling him in on the situation. And again, angel of a man. He offers to go and find Bryce for them again. So Christian sets out to find Bryce. And 15 minutes later, Michael and Karen get another call from Christian. He says that he's at the location where police found him hours ago. Mm -hmm. And that Bryce is still sitting there on the side of the road, in his car. So Christian then kind of offers to, like, escort him onto the highway so that his parents know that he's finally out of Button Willow. Uh-huh. Fucking he's like- Button Willow. <laughs> and on the road, headed toward them. Right, right. And so that's exactly what he does. Which, he, he was with them for, like, a half hour. Yeah. Like- so, yeah, 30 minutes later, Bryce is on the freeway, headed towards his parents in Laguna Niguel, and Christian hops off the freeway after, like, 10 miles. He's like, my job is done. Right. At this point, he's done all... I mean, he's done more he's than done, the average person would. So... We need more... Yes. We need more men Christian, like Christian. People in general. Yes. Now, this time, as he's driving down to his parents, they're making sure to continuously call him to check in. Right. So, they've exchanged... They've exchanged a few calls, but when his parents would ask him where he was, like, to give them a milestone or just anything. Like, what do you see? Like, what signs do you see? Yes. He would just continue to respond by saying, my GPS says I'll be home at 325. I don't see any signs. Yeah, like, he would make an excuse, like, it's too dark out. I can't see anything. But my GPS says 325, I'll be there. Mm Mm-hmm. I would, I... (laughs) I'd be so, I'd be so worried, man. I can't. <sighs> right terrifying. at that point, it's like I'm coming. I'm yeah. I'm you, coming. You pull you. over. You can just keep on doing what you're doing, sitting there. I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm coming to Button Willow, man. <laughs> That's exactly how I would be, and yeah. you'd be getting in the car with me to come home. Yes. So at two o nine a.m., he's on the phone with his mom and tells her that he's too tired to continue driving. At this point, he had been awake for at least 24 hours. Yeah, that's at least. Uh, a long time. Yes. And so his parents agree with him that it's probably best that mm-hmm. he just pulls off and gets a couple of hours a couple of hours of sleep so that he can make a home safe. So the communication ends there with Bryce supposedly napping in his car and his parents going to bed. Now, at 8 o'clock the next morning, their doorbell rings and they're thinking, Finally, like he's home, he's made it safe. But when they open the door, they're greeted by police. 
Police tell Karen and Michael that their Toyota Highlander was found overturned and abandoned at Castaic Lake, which is about two hours north of their home and only about an hour south of Buttonwillow, which was his last known whereabouts. Um, that morning, around 5.30, a caller reported the 2003 beige Toyota Highlander mm -hmm. to the California State Patrol. The car was abandoned, laying on its side at the bottom of a 25-foot embankment. The scene where the car was found gave just a tiny bit of insight about what, a, what could have possibly happened because they could see the Toyota driving on an access road mm -hmm. at 2.15 a.m. from a nearby surveillance camera. Right. And he goes, like, up by a cell tower. Yes. He's seen driving up a hill toward a cell tower, but once he passes the cell tower, I think, is when he goes off the road. Although, not not at this time, but this is what happened, that his car was found overturned. It goes off the road through some brush and down toward, down a hill toward a lake. Mm -hmm. um, the lake, though, is kind of like a weird optical illusion. Because it seems much closer than it actually is. Right. The officer was like, it's very deceptive. If you're if you're by the cell tower. Yeah, if you're out, on top of that hill. Right. He he says, he's like, it looks like it's a rock throw away. Like, yeah. so close, but it's not. It's not. So with that, like a lot of people have suggested that maybe this was Bryce's attempt at ending his life. Mm -hmm. Because it was also noted that the car accelerated while going down the hill. Right. So, you know, obviously people hear that and they think he accelerated down this hill thinking that he would land in the lake. Um, there's also a gate at the end of the access road, though. So I think another plausible explanation is that he could have been trying to go around the gate and veered off the road and had maybe like overcorrected and mm -hmm. kind of like we call it a whiskey throttle. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term, but like. That accelerate, like motion, kind of just like I don't I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. But it's like if you if you have your foot on the gas pedal and you hit like a like in his case you hit an embankment, mm. your foot is going to press down harder on the pedal. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's right. what we call whiskey throttle. Okay. So, and maybe he had done that to try and get back onto the road and had kind of like overcorrected himself I mean, and then knows? the car flipped. He's obviously being irrational. Right. So it's, I don't know. I, I think that some of the information we have definitely points to the, the car being overturned as just an accident instead of automatically like assuming it was a suicide. But I can also see, I see both sides, mm -hmm. you know. So other things that officers found at the scene were all of Bryce's belongings, like his laptop, his phone, his wallet. Um, all of that stuff was left behind inside of the car, along with the keys being left in the ignition. Mm -hmm. There was also a duffel bag left behind, but that was found on the outside of the car, which is very strange when you think about it, considering that right. this all started with him just going to his ex-girlfriend's house. Like... Right. He wasn't supposed to be going anywhere. Not that anybody knew, um, you know. So it wasn't like he had planned. It was a planned event that right. he was going to go like and visit his right. his parents. Like right. his parents just assumed that he was on the way because he was already halfway there. And why is it outside of the vehicle? I don't know. That's because and he kicks his way out the back. Mm hmm. They can tell that it was, yeah, like kicked broke, in, yeah, kicked, kicked out it. from the inside, right? Correct. And there was only a little bit of blood. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, a lot of people think that it it seems like he took something out of his duffel bag before abandoning the car. We don't know if that's true or but like what would it even be? Cause I don't know because he left everything his else phone, behind. His wallet. Uh, no like, clue. I don't know. It's just so weird. So, yeah, police also noted that the back windshield of the car had been kicked out from the inside. There were some small droplets of Bryce's blood in the car, but nothing that would suggest that he was 
gravely injured at all. Right. What makes all of this even stranger, though, is that the surveillance camera that captured his car going up the hill at 2.15 a.m. also caught his car going up the hill again in the same direction at 4.29 a.m. I don't even know. Like, this confuses me so much because how did he evade the camera on the way back down? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, was he... Or did the camera just glitch and, like, didn't catch him? Which is weird. I don't know. I don't know. But, like, was he, like, off-roading and that's why... Off-roading in the middle of the night? (laughs) I have no idea. I have no idea. And at this point, it's like anything's possible because he's been acting very... His behavior is very bizarre. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so at 4.29, that camera catches his car again. And that's just an hour before his car would be discovered. Um, The search for Bryce was immediate. They had helicopters, divers, dogs, everything. Bryce's ex-girlfriend, Kim, was able to bring some clothes that Bryce had worn and left at her apartment in order to give the dogs a scent to follow. And they did. The first search using the dogs followed a pathway from the Toyota down the embankment toward the lake, but the trail didn't seem to go into the lake. It instead, like, followed the shoreline, which is, again, so strange. And they did a second search with more dogs, And this time, it did the same thing. It went, you know, his scent was from the Toyota, down the embankment, along the shore. But this time, it went across, like, a bridge Mm -hmm. to a nearby truck stop where his trail suddenly went cold. And this is why I say that just because of the circumstances of the accident, you can't automatically assume that it was a suicide. Because for one... He obviously survived and was able to walk away. And why, if you were trying to kill yourself, why wouldn't you then just walk into the lake? You know what I mean? Like, why would you go to a truck stop? Well, and uh, I mean, people who commit suicide are found. Yes. There's only so much you can do to hide hide your own body. Right, right. So... Yeah, there's no body, and there's no evidence to suggest that he took his own life. In fact, law enforcement actually believes that Bryce is still out there somewhere. Which is wild. I don't know that I even believe that he would, like... (laughs) I don't know what to believe. But that's, that's what they say the evidence points to, you know? It doesn't point to a suicide, because there's no body found. And... It doesn't point to any foul play. I don't know. They they believe that he just walked to this truck stop, hitched a ride with someone, and is somewhere else as someone else. I I feel like he would have to be part of like a homeless community. At like that live point. off the grid or yeah, and yeah. it's just like <sighs> or I mean they are in California. Do you think maybe it's possible that he could have crossed the border into Mexico and just, like, started over somewhere else? I guess, but, I mean, it, it, but still in 2013, like, it is so surveillance hard cameras everywhere. to get off the grid. You're right. With the 2013 thing, it is hard to just disappear without at least having some reported sightings. Like the Amy Lynn Bradley case. Right, right, right. Like, And even just like electronically. Like yeah. his social security number has not been... Passport. Right. Yeah. Like his, his, his phone, his bank accounts. Everything like, is like in the database so that if it were ever used... They would know. They would... They can see it. Yeah. But there's been nothing. And right. there's been nobody that's been able to come forward and say, oh my god, I saw Bryce. Right. And he's, and he's very distinctive that, yes, looking. Yes. He very. is... He has bright red hair, red eyebrows, br- like beautiful green eyes, huge smile. Like, yeah. Like, you, he's, he's very recognizable. Yeah. And so to think that like nobody has come forward and said, I think that I saw, like there's been no confirmed sightings of him at all. It's just very strange. It, it really is. So with all of that, his his parents, on the other hand, 
His parents, on the other hand, don't think that he would do something like that. Like, just walk away from his life and not contact them for, what, 10 years it's now? Been a, it's been a decade now. Yeah. yeah. To not... Right. And he's an only child, you know? Like, that has to weigh on them so heavily. I can't imagine. And also, you know, very well maybe a red herring, but I thought it was very odd that very shortly after Bryce went missing and very close to where his car was found, they found a burnt body. Yeah, you're right. And it... It, it wasn't... They confirmed it was not... It wasn't him. Right. It was another L.A. man who mm-hmm. was the victim of a homicide, but, like... But just the, the area... Right. It's a very... I mean, just a really weird area for something like that to happen. And like an access the proximity road. and the time. And yeah. it, it's just, like... Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Like, just another weird freaking piece. Yeah. yeah, it is. So, um, Bryce's parents seem to think that, like, either foul play has to be involved somehow, or that Bryce may still be out there, but if he is, he has no idea who he is. Mm-hmm. And they say because of the accident, which I don't think makes much sense considering the fact that they didn't have any reason to believe that he was injured i mean you know. right he could have i mean yeah you could have hit your head and had a traumatic brain injury something right. like that but um he was obviously lucid enough to know that he needed to kick out the window to get out of the car you know what i mean i i, I feel I, like someone that's in that state of mind isn't thinking about I, f- I feel How like to if it's going to be that bad that you don't know who you are, like, yeah, you might have a concussion, but it's not to that extent. Yeah. Right. Like, and I'll post pictures on our Patreon yeah. of the scene for people to go see. It's mm-hmm. not like the car was totally wrecked, like, you know, just turned over on its side, but, you know. It's obviously things, not good, but it's not. Things like, can still happen. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's. It's not something where you would see it and be like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe you no walked away from right, that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So I don't really know about that, but I do think it's possible because of how strange his behavior was leading up to this that it could have been, like, a psychotic episode. I feel like he – that's what my, my gut says is that it has to be some sort of mental yeah. break. Yeah. And, you know, he's at that age where – um disorders like a lot of undiagnosed disorders can come really to the surface. start to present themselves like, like schizophrenia right and yeah. bipolar and yeah all of these other things that and and if he's having symptoms of that and then drinking so heavily mm-hmm. and taking vivans like yeah he who knows right what what's going right on in his head like i and i feel like too if you if you are going through psychosis and it goes untreated or you just continue to do things that caused it in the first place like drinking and whatever right Right. would it be possible to forget who you are sure i think i think so right well i mean but that still doesn't it still doesn't really line up with you know there still have been no sightings, no clues. I don't know. I just feel like when you're experiencing psychosis, you you're having delusions. You know what I mean? Like you, it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. Yeah, whether it's you know, I feel like people often are like, oh, they're hallucinating, which is not really the case. It's yeah. much more so like you're having wild thoughts like thoughts that, that don't make sense or don't right. align with who you are right yeah that but you you can't you think that they're real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so i definitely think that going through something like that could affect how you remember yourself i guess mm-hmm. and how you remember your identity but do i think he'd be able to pull off disappearing without a trace no no i don't think i just don't think it's reasonable Mm -mm. so 
I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know either. And I feel like if he had a mental break and hitched a ride and ended up in some city that he very well may be like in a homeless population somewhere. Like somewhere on like Skid Row type of. Right. But then also it's like to be there for 10 years. And like, never have anyone you, recognize you. Right. Or like honestly that you're still alive. Yeah. Like his DNA and everything is in CODIS. Mm-hmm. So if they come across a a body. Right. They'll be able to identify right. him. Yeah. And it does make me wonder, too, if maybe... So, like, one of the other theories is obviously that, like, he hitched a ride. Maybe something could have happened to him from there. Like, say if he is going through psychosis or he's having some type of episode. Like, I remember hearing a story about a man who didn't realize he was schizophrenic yeah and around bryce's age Mm -hmm. had a a, an episode of schizophrenia where he believed that there was a girl inside of a house being raped by like gang raped by multiple men and this girl was communicating with him telepathically and telling him you need to burn the house down so that i can escape and so he did he like he thought he was saving this little girl and you know thankfully nobody was hurt but he did end up like serving time in prison for that and so it makes me think like um maybe if you're not in the best mental state and you get picked up by some trucker maybe you're in fear for your life for whatever reason Mm -hmm. like you're thinking that this person is going to hurt you whatever and so you start to defend yourself against this person even though there there was no threat or maybe there was a threat, you know, but Who it could have right. also been imagined. Right. And that person kills you out of defense for themselves, too, you know? Because if there hasn't been a body found, I feel like the body either either has to be somewhere. Like it was foul play and someone did a damn good job yeah, hiding the of body. Of hiding the body or disposing of it. Right. So that's also another theory that, again, proves good points, but doesn't fully make sense. Right. And honestly, I don't know, it just kind of came to mind, and it's really just because I I can't think of fucking anything, but okay, it is California. Are there any cults around there? There has to be. There's, uh, right. Yeah. Like, I, I, that is just a whole not because... Mm-hmm. If he were to join a cult, that would give him the ability to get the things that he needs to survive, to survive. without without having, being noticed. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, there's just so many different possibilities with this. Right. And I don't know. It's been a freaking decade. That is crazy. Yeah. And like... I feel like the number one theory is probably that he committed suicide, but again, it's been a decade. They did a search for 40 hours straight. He was never located in the lake. Like, but there, there is some other information that kind of casts a vote for that theory as well, I guess, that investigators found out later after speaking to Sean and Kim. Right, he was, like, giving his things away. Yes, yeah, so Bryce's roommate, Sean, and his now ex-girlfriend Kim, told police that before Bryce left, he had given away his Xbox and a pair of diamond earrings that mm-hmm. were gifted to him from his mother, Karen. Um, he had given those items to Sean and followed it up with a text that read, quote, I love you, bro. Seriously, you're the best person I've ever met. You saved my soul. End quote. Which, which that doesn't make me think suicide. Like, the giving things away, yes, that is definitely a sign. But then saying that, like, that text, yeah, that says, you've saved my soul. Like, I am... I think it can be interpreted either way. I think it depends, too. Like, is he the type of person to say that stuff in the beginning? Or is this totally out of the blue? 
strange behavior for him. That's a very good him, point, too. You know? But, and then on the same day, he breaks up with Kim over text message saying, you're better off without me, which is also very worrisome. So weird. So I can see how some, you know, would think that that paints the yeah, picture of suicide. Absolutely. But absolutely. I also think that because no body and no other evidence has been found to suggest that it was a suicide. Right. That it's it's possible that he's still out there somewhere. It's just so hard to think about how right (laughs) how and if he did commit suicide how has his body not been recovered i don't know no idea so yeah that that begs the question for our listeners what do you believe happened to bryce i'll leave like a little q a on spotify if that's Mm. where people listen Mm -hmm. to just kind of let us know yeah. Um, otherwise, I think maybe I'll start like a little discussion board on our Patreon that would be for, good. like, it won't just be for members, but for all of our listeners to go and kind of like yeah, let us know. talk about it. Yeah, what they what they think. So that's a good idea. Yeah, that's our episode Freaking for today. Maddening. It is. It really is. I. <sighs> yeah, these always get me though. Mm-hmm. Unsolved mysteries. Mm-hmm. I hope that one day when we die, we get the answers to all of these. Oh my god! Right. Yeah, we get to like sit in like a movie theater and see play by play everything that happened. It'd be amazing. Anyways, wow. Um, a big thank you to everyone for joining us today for our unsolved mystery and for over two hundred thousand streams. I think I mentioned that. (laughs) Um. So yeah, I hope everyone has a lovely week and remember. To always Always keep keep it spooky. Bye.